You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On College Football, the weekly podcast that highlights the biggest stories in the college football world. Each Monday, you'll have me, Candace Cooper, host of Locked On Tar Heels, leading this talented team. Do yourself a favor, make sure you download, subscribe to Locked On and College Football from anywhere. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So here's what I have on tap for you today. We are going to give you a championship recap, go over our Power 5 conferences. More importantly, we've got to talk college football rankings as they were finalized over the weekend. And then we've got to figure out, you know, just what does the future hold for these G5 schools who are trying to get in that top four conversation but always seem to come up short. We'll have that here on Locked on College Football. Now, I hope you guys have had a great start to your Monday morning. If you're out and about doing your thing, that's awesome. If you are already through the day, great. You know, I hope it's been a good weekend for you. Today is special for some of us. If you've gotten your superpowers, I hope it has been magical. If you live on the Twitter world, you will understand what that means. All right, cool. So I hope you are just thriving today magically. All of that good stuff. So let's first kick off with the ACC, right? They had Notre Dame versus Clemson. We are going to start with locked on Irish host Joe DeLeon talking about Notre Dame's shortcoming when it came to the ACC championship game. It was a rough go, right? Everyone assumed after running the gambit in the ACC that Notre Dame were going to beat Clemson twice, right? Which was an incredible feat, but an attainable one, right? However, it did not go over well for the Fighting Irish in the end. So let's take a listen to how Joe really felt about his team's performance. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish did not play up to the expectations of fans in the ACC championship against Clemson, losing 34-10, to a game that many expected would be a statement victory heading into the college football playoff. Instead, their performance left a lot of controversy over who belonged in that four seed for the college football playoff. We did see Notre Dame start out the game hot. They looked pretty good. They were able to pick off Trevor Lawrence. Kyle Hamilton made a really heads-up play. They hit a 51-yard field goal. But as we started to see, Notre Dame missed out on multiple opportunities to put points on the board and also failed to take advantage of any play that put them in a position to take the driver's seat in this game. The first half was messy, allowed a lot of big plays. Trevor Lawrence was dealing. Travis Etienne was able to be uncorked and unwound as he was previously completely locked down in their first matchup. The second half was a little bit stronger, but the big thing that we saw in this loss to Clemson is that Offensive coordinator Tommy Rees was outcoached by the strong veteran defensive coordinator Brett Venables of Clemson. We started to see Tommy Rees going deep into the playbook, grabbing some really strong plays that picked up some good yards early in the game. But as they, again, continued to fail to take advantage of a lot of opportunities that were handed to them, they then started to 
run out of any plays that they could use and call upon to help pick up and manufacture those yards. That then led the Irish to trying to play a style of offense that just is not their identity. A lot of deep deep passing concepts, turning away from running the football. Venables called a perfect game limiting this Notre Dame offense completely. So now this puts us in the ultimate quandary, though, as Notre Dame looks sloppy. They have a defiant victory the first time they played a injured Clemson team. The second time, Clemson at full strength. They don't look nearly as good. That put everybody in the big, aggressive take of, does Notre Dame actually deserve to be in here? They're just going to get blown out again. Well, I frankly stand by the fact that Notre Dame still belongs in the college football playoff. You're telling me you're going to pick a Cincinnati team whose best win on the year is against Tulsa, or you're going to pick Texas A&M, who lost worse to Alabama, and then on top of it has very few wins against winning teams on their schedule. Their two wins against winning teams was against uh, Auburn and Florida. The rest, below 500 SEC teams. If you look at the remainder of Notre Dame's schedule and who they played, they played stout on both sides of the football against everyone they faced. And I would argue the secondary defining win for this Notre Dame team was their victory over UNC. That is essentially what helped them make the playoff over Texas A&M. I get it. Texas A&M looked really good against a, a crappy Tennessee team. That means nothing to me that they beat Tennessee this weekend. Notre Dame had a better overall resume. The one game that they had that gave them the edge was that UNC game. And albeit, Notre Dame looked bad against Clemson. I understand that. But if you look at the overall piece of work, what they did the entirety of the year, they have earned it more than anybody else. Have this been any other season and there were a different team sitting at five and six hovering over Notre Dame's shoulder, I don't think they would have made the playoff. But right now, there is nobody that I can confidently say has done enough to push themselves into the conversation. Everybody had decent resumes to possibly put themselves in there, but nobody had the defining victories in order to actually put themselves in a real conversation. Hey, listen, you can never be mad at someone who goes hard for their team, right? At the end of the day, Notre Dame got it done all throughout the year. They can't help who's in front of them, and they played in the ACC. The ACC wasn't as strong as it has been in past years. However, that's really not their prerogative. They can only do so much, right? And so the Fighting Irish will play Alabama in the Rose Bowl, and we are still going to have so many questions, like we all do, of course. However, we just got to keep it rolling, right? So there's that. I know when you're getting ready for the Rose Bowl and your regular New Year's Six games, you are going to have that Coors Light in front of you. These days, I'm sure it seems like life is forcing us to be on all the time, but every now and then, it's important to stop and reset. That's when I hope you reach for a Coors Light. It's mountain and cold refreshment made to chill. Everything is always on the go, but I mean, sometimes you just got to relax. Like that's when you got to reach for that Coors Light because it's seriously made to chill. There's only one beer that's literally made to do that, right? So you've got to go ahead and get that mountain cold refreshment. It's the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. 
Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And please ensure that you celebrate responsibly because, you know, at the end of the day, the Coors Brewing Company Golden Colorado wants you to have a great time, but they want you to do it the right way. Listen, are you ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. There is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Got some top games in the college football world, so you do not want to sit on the sidelines. You must get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Betting on your favorite team doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. You know, we have got to give it up for Clemson for battling back, now having Trevor Lawrence, now returning some of their defensemen. They were set to face Notre Dame, feeling like they had something to prove, and that's certainly what they did in the ACC championship game. So let's listen to Locked On Clemson host Ellis Tolbert talk about what Clemson did right, what does that mean now, and, you know, facing Ohio State. I'm just I'm eager to see how that rematch is going to go as well. Hey there, it's Ellis from Locked On Clemson, and what can I say? We're ACC champions for the sixth time in a row. Notre Dame came into the ACC due to COVID, and it looked like they were going to run through the conference without a scratch, but Clemson took that loss personally and paid them back in full, plus some extra in the conference title game. Clemson came into this game as a double-digit favorite. I don't think a lot of people expected the game to go the way it did. I didn't, but that's just Clemson for you. They're always going to cover when they're not supposed to and not cover when they are supposed to. If you're a Notre Dame fan, this game reminded you a lot of the 2018 Cotton Bowl where Clemson defeated them 30-3, just very, very similar. They were able to move the ball pretty much at will on Clemson, except they just couldn't capitalize and score any points. Very similar to this game. I think this game, though, Clemson's defense stood up a little bit more. It's been a while since we've seen a Brian Kelly-led team this flustered on offense and defense. Um, You know, they actually had their winning streak broken by Clemson. It's kind of like payback because they actually broke Clemson's ACC winning record uh, since 2017. They hadn't lost a game in the ACC. So this was a pretty big deal uh, for both teams going back and forth. Again, I just kind of perplexed about Brian Kelly. The offense, led by Heisman hopeful and best player in college football, Trevor Lawrence this time, looked nearly unstoppable in this game. They were able to run the ball effectively and also capitalize on big plays, something that Notre Dame doesn't normally allow often. The defense, now fully healthy, set the tone, and really flustered Ian Book in the Notre Dame offense. Kyron Williams in the vaunted Notre Dame run game was all but neutralized in this game, and I think that made a huge difference between this time and the last outing in South Bend. Clemson is a particularly hard team to play in postseason play, especially in the ACC title game we've seen for the last six years, and specifically the last three. Uh, it's been absolute blowouts. No matter who they play, uh, they just have a really good game plan, and they're sticking to their motto of winning the opener, winning the division, winning the state, and then winning the closer. We'll see what happens with that. But again, hats off to Notre Dame. They had a great season. They defeated Clemson first in South Bend. Uh, But it was just Clemson's time to do it this time. They're still going to get in the playoffs. It doesn't even matter. So for anyone that thought that Clemson doesn't run this conference, the proof is in the pudding. For anyone that thought it was Clemson's time to fade away, uh, you're sadly mistaken. And I don't mean to brag, but 
if anyone thinks that Clemson isn't capable of making it to and winning the national championship, well, we'll talk to you in Hard Rock Stadium in Miami later this January. Go Tigers. Now listen, when you have six ACC championships, you can talk like that, okay? It's really the confidence for me, Ellis, right? It's really the energy for me that you're giving, and I'm just slightly jealous. I was cheering for the Tigers only for my sake. The Carolina finally gets to go to an Orange Bowl after about 45,000 years, so I'm cool with that. But I really am interested to see how, when it's all said and done, they stack up against an Ohio State and potentially a Notre Dame or Alabama, the winner of that matchup. So that'll be interesting to see as we get down to those final bowl games, semifinals, and then up to the national championship game. Hey, anybody's fight, right? At the end of the day, you have to just put up your best foot forward. And I hope you guys are putting up your best foot forward when it comes to this new year, new you energy that you're bringing to 2021. And you can do that with Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious. It has 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and six new flavors, my personal favorite being cookies and cream. Built Bar is so healthy because it is great for the health-conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. My flavor of choice would be cookies and cream because it's 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKEDON so you can get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Now let's get into this Big Ten Championship, right? We need to have this conversation about Northwestern versus Ohio State from the one and only Locked On Buckeyes host, Jay Stevens, who always gets me to laugh and convinces me that he doesn't understand why everyone is getting all hyped by the fact that Ohio State is in the top four conversation. They should be there. That's what he says. So let's take a listen to jay's take here back to back to back to back big 10 champions that is correct the ohio state buckeyes are once again champions of the big 10 conference this season has been a challenge a challenge that i don't believe you nor i or any player or coach knew how hard it would be but this year has been a challenge the challenge did not stop prior to the Big Ten Championship game or even during the Big Ten Championship game itself. Prior to the game being kicked off, it was announced that the Buckeyes would be without 22 players for the biggest game of the year. Some of those names on this list go as follows. Linebacker, Baron Browning. Punter, Drew Chrisman. Defensive end. Tyler Friday, defensive end, Javante Jean-Baptiste, wide receiver, starting wide receiver, Chris Alave, just to name a few players that the Buckeyes were without in what is and was the biggest game of the year. And with that in mind, this game was already going to be a challenge. Northwestern defense is really good, but it was visible and apparent early on in this game that 
with those players being out, one primarily being Chris Alave, this game was going to be a lot harder and be a bigger challenge than anybody had imagined. Early on in the game, it wasn't pretty at all. Justin Fields, did he play a good game? No. Did he play an okay game? No. He didn't look good at all throughout the game. Now, he did have some players with his legs, but that boy struggled. Oh, my goodness. Talk about struggling. That's a good way to describe the play of Justin Fields during the Big Ten Championship. Honestly, while I was watching this game, in my mind, I had a flashback to last year's Big Ten Championship game where the Wisconsin Badgers dominated the first half against the Buckeyes. And I was at that game, and I'm sitting there in the stands just shocked, just quiet, as I listened to Badger fans say, on Wisconsin, or first down. And I'm like, just shut your mouth. This is annoying. I didn't come here to hear this, but that's how that game went last year. Dominated, dominating first half from the, from the Badgers. And then the second half, the Buckeyes dominated, and they ultimately won the game. In this game, I describe this year's Big Ten Championship game with one phrase, the Trey Sermon game. You all have heard the name before. The chancellor from the University of Oklahoma left Oklahoma to come to Columbus because he believed this was a great spot for him to finish his collegiate career. Well, the season gets canceled, and I'm sure in his mind he is wondering, was this the right move for me? Shortly after that, the season gets reinstated. The season starts, and with the different offseason, the different ways that the coaches had to present the playbook and teach Coach players virtually, it wasn't easy. And Trey Sermon had some learning problems early on in the season. In what is the sixth game of the season, which would normally be the middle of the season, Trey Sermon went off. He broke the Ohio State single-game rushing record, which was held by Eddie George. And he also broke the Big Ten Championship game rushing record as well, which was held by Ezekiel Elliott. Trey Sermon ran for 29, had 29 carries, 331 rushing yards, 11.4 yards per carry, and two trips to Pater with a long of 65 rushing yards. Trey Sermon and the offense knew at some point somebody had to be a spark. And at this time, during this game, Trey Sermon was that spark over 20 carries in the second half, over 200 yards on the ground in the second half alone, the trade sermon game. It was fun watching him play, and ultimately he helped push the Buckeyes over the hump to be victorious in this game. The Buckeyes, victorious, once again, they're champions of the Big Ten Conference. Well, let the church say amen, and we're going to keep on rolling. Trey Sermon had the game of his life, and it was so important and needed for the Ohio State Buckeyes. If nothing else, we can get excited for the rematch between Clemson and Ohio State. I'm feeling like Trey is going to have to have another hallelujah by-and-by game to beat the Tigers. But what do I know? We're going to have to have Jay back, if for nothing else, then to have this conversation, because I do believe that it's going to be an interesting but exciting matchup. And you know, I might even throw in a big uh, locked on Big Ten, Big Ten Ben conversation in there because he seems to be going hard for his Big Ten teams and why they deserve to get in these top bowls. More importantly, why the Heat feels that Ohio State might dominate as well. So we'll have all of that throughout the next couple of weeks. It is bowl season. I know you guys are super excited about it. We've got one more bowl 
or excuse me, we have one more championship to talk about the Big 12 championship, Ohio, Iowa State. Wow, here we go. You know, I think I'm just getting excited about college football playoffs that I can't contain my energy. We've got Iowa State who faced Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. Iowa State coming up a little bit short, but our guy from Locked on Hawkeyes, yes, Andrew Wade, decided to switch roles a little bit. Give me his inside scoop when it came to the state of Iowa. Apparently, he knows all things Iowa football. So he gave me his takes on what happened between the Cyclones and the Sooners. And I'm just so eager to listen to it here. Hey everyone, this is Andrew Wade from Locked On Hawkeyes. I'm going to be giving you a little bit of a breakdown of the Iowa State-Oklahoma game. Obviously, Iowa State lost that game, but as we could see, the College Ball Playoff Committee didn't actually care what happened in that game. Iowa State still gets in a New Year's Six Bowl, which is fantastic for the program in general. What Matt Campbell has done there has been phenomenal. You cannot question what he's done there. Iowa State is on the map. The fact they're playing in a New Year's Six Bowl is going to be huge, and they get Oregon. But let's talk about that Oklahoma game because Iowa State dug themselves a hole. Oklahoma came out hot, but Iowa State missing that field goal early. The two drive-killing turnovers, they were two times, two of the three turnovers, they were on Oklahoma side. One of them, they were in the red zone. You convert those, even if you just get two field goals, you beat Oklahoma. They weren't able to get as much pressure on Spencer Rattler as I thought they would, that I thought Iowa State could do, which definitely hurt them as well. Spencer Rattler was able to kind of dink and dunk and do his thing all day. But despite all of that, Iowa State did a great job of persevering, fighting back, digging themselves out of a hole, and making it a game. The fact they had the opportunity to win the game on the final drive was huge. Now, I, you know, I have not been the biggest Brock Purdy fan. I think he's one of the better quarterbacks Iowa State has ever had. I don't think he's the end-all, be-all. But he did a solid job overall outside of the turnovers. Where Oklahoma did a great job, though, was stopping Brees Hall, who has arguably put together the quietest Heisman season that nobody will ever talk about because they're in the Big 12, which is unfortunate because Brees Hall, to me, is probably the best running back in NCAA. And no one's talking about him. But Oklahoma knew they had to stop Brees Hall first and foremost, and they did. They did a great job of it, forcing Brock Purdy to throw the ball and, you know, to mix results again. It kind of just, it wasn't Brock Purdy's best game. Uh, let's just put it that way. It, it wasn't. Um, there's no way to spin it any other way. Iowa Falls 27 to 21. Brock Purdy 27 to 40. 322 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. That last one just chucked it up. I get it, but still, you can't have those turnovers when you're trying to beat an Oklahoma in that game. Brees Hall had to hold to 79 yards on 23 attempts, two touchdowns. Charlie Kohler did a fantastic job. He's going to be really missed um, in cyclination. Six catches, 92 yards. But again, the fact that Iowa State was in this position, I think, is something that we should not take for granted. What a great season all around. Dealing with everything they had to deal with. Uh, an early season loss to a fantastic Louisiana Lafayette team when they had some offensive line issues. They battled back. They did a good job. And despite even having still, some, their offensive line has gotten better over the last couple weeks. They only allowed three sacks to Oklahoma on Brock Purdy. They still were able to almost win that game. And again, you don't miss that first field goal. You don't have those two drive-killing turnovers. Right there. That's the game. You win that. Or if you know they can drive down the field in the last possession, Iowa State wins that game. Regardless, based on what we saw from the College Football Playoff Committee, Iowa State wouldn't have gotten in because they didn't actually care. 
They were going to always put Notre Dame in. But Iowa State gets a very winnable matchup now in a New Year's Six Bowl to finish the season off well. And no, I don't mean this as any hate. Iowa State would not have done well, as not a lot of teams would have, against Alabama. So this is actually kind of a good scenario. It sucks they lost to Oklahoma, but they now have the opportunity to take on an Oregon team that shouldn't have even been playing in the Pac-12 championship game. This is a fantastic chance for Iowa State to end on a winning note and arguably, I think it's the biggest bowl in the history of the program, that's a huge opportunity for them. So it sucks to lose to Oklahoma. I think what we can take from that is the perseverance, the willingness to keep battling back despite digging themselves quite a huge hole after the first half. They did a great job coming back 20, from 24-7 down to get it to 27-21, to an opportunity to win the game in that final drive. Good for Iowa State. Hats off to that program. Hats off to Matt Campbell and that season. Go out and get a W versus Oregon and make this season memorable for Iowa State and Cyclone Nation. That does it for me. I'm Andrew Wade, Locked On Hawkeyes. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Andrew, for that perspective. He is really the renaissance man for us. He drops all of news when it comes to all things Iowa, apparently. Listen, anything you need from him, guys, you make sure you go and get it. Now, again, I want to make sure we mention the New Year's six bowl games full out. We've got the Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma versus Florida. Cincinnati and Georgia will be in the Peach Bowl. The Rose Bowl will feature Alabama and Notre Dame, with the Sugar Bowl being Clemson and Ohio State. The Orange Bowl, we've got UNC versus Texas A&M. And the Fiesta Bowl is going to have Oregon and Iowa State. So we have got a lot going on here. We have got a lot of good games still down the stretch. We've got a lot of hot takes to give you. I think predictions are going to be wild. If you want to go ahead and figure out where your team is going to you know, stand up against the best of them, don't. Don't panic. We've got you, right? We've got you covered. Make sure you listen to your local hosts as they've got the inside scoop, inside stories about what is and isn't happening with your teams, who is opting out, who is deciding to play, who is going to go the draft, who's going to take that extra year that the NCAA is allowing for some of these guys for next year. You know, there's a lot of conversation. we got a whole bundle of transfer portals to talk about because there's going to be some people looking for homes and transfer purgatory and it is not a good feeling so there's so much regarding college football this year but again we are so grateful that we got a season so far if you had the opportunity to watch college football this year and all that is you are certainly blessed so I want you guys to stay safe Make sure you wear your mask out there and and seriously, you know, most importantly, have a happy and safe Monday. You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.